G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. The Story There was one boy in particular, he followed us all the way to the van and he kept pleading with us to help him and we couldn't because the group we were with was part of a girl's home in Bucharest and so we got into the van, the boy tried getting into the van with us and we had to push him out of the van and he was he was yelling at us and crying and it was like the Lord himself just reached out and slapped me across the face and he said, wake up Brad. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, for today's interview, Eric Scadabo has called back to his hometown of Milwaukee, Wisconsin in the United States to speak with Brad Hayes. Brad, like Eric, no longer lives in Milwaukee, but has gone overseas to work in ministry. Eric has come here to Australia, and today Brad will share how God worked in his heart to lead him and his family to full-time ministry work in Romania. Brad's sharing how it all came about with Eric Scadabo and his wife, Jane. In 1996, I was pastoring a church in Milwaukee called Living Hope Community Church, and uh, I had a nice life. And we, have, we had a lot of friends, and we were very involved in the community. Um, just we we're very, very happy and growing family. I have five kids, a beautiful family. And I was invited to go to Romania by a friend, and... Um, I told my friend no at first, actually. I wasn't interested at all to go to Romania, and he asked me to pray about it. Of course, I, I said I would, but I didn't. <laughs> and shame on me. <laughs> and, uh, and then he said, he said, well, why won't you go? And I said, well, I have, there's three reasons. I said, first, my wife wouldn't want me to go. And second, um, I don't have the money. And the third thing was, because I was a bivocational pastor, I had a painting business on the side. I had a very large job that I was about to do, the largest job I ever had. Mm. Mm. And um, so he said, okay, well, you know, just think about it and pray about it and, and let me know if you're interested. And he said that he was leaving in three weeks to go, which scared the daylights out of me <laughs> to leave the country in just a few weeks. So, So the next day I mentioned to my wife that, I was invited to go to Romania, and she flipped out. She just, she couldn't believe that I had an opportunity, you know, through invitation to go. Mm. And she said, you have to go, Brad. I, <laughs> I can really see you going to Romania and to, to, to visit with those street children. And that began to get my attention. The, the very next day, I got a letter in the mail from the owner of the house that we were supposed to paint. It was a it was a very large paint job, about $12,000, a huge house in River Hills, Wisconsin, and uh, the, it was a, um, a cancellation for my contract saying that uh, the man didn't want me to do it because he was afraid I was going to be too busy. He felt that I was going to be doing some other things that would keep me away from his home, and so he contracted out to somebody else to do it already. It was already done. And then he said, and just remember, I'm a lawyer. He was a lawyer. <laughs> and uh, he said, in case you think you're going to fight this, you know, just remember, I'm a lawyer. And so that really got my attention. 
And then I began to pray about it, and I just, the idea grew in my heart. And um, so I began to announce to people I was going to go. I got my passport, my plane ticket, and then people just began to give me money. And within about two weeks, I was given $3,500. I, I didn't ask wow. for a dime for mm-hmm. nothing. And all of us, within three weeks, I was in Romania, just mm-hmm. like that. I flew over by myself, and I met my friend and his group there. And that's how I got to Romania on the first trip. Now, you said a while ago that you had three excuses, right? Yes. Well, the Lord heard those three excuses, and in a matter of, what, about a week or so, He turned all the exact same excuses into Wonderful openings. <laughs> yes. Isn't that just uh, how God works, you know, especially when he wants us to do something for him and we say, but Lord, and, and he says, no, but just, you know, just obey and follow me. And there you go. Praise the Lord for that. And he yeah. opened the door for him then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the obstacles in my mind yep. <laughs> were turned into an opportunity That's and right. an open door to That's go. right. And I went, and Eric and Jean, it was like I visited my home for the Mm -hmm. first time. It was a very strange experience Hmm. going to Romania because I was so welcomed and felt so part Mm -hmm. of the people's lives and and just the country and the culture. Um, Even though I'd never been there before and didn't know anything about Romania, I just felt like I was at home. Hmm. Hmm. And so... While I was there, then the Lord began to help me to understand just how much He loved the Romanian people. And yes. um, There's a story that I commonly tell people about how the Lord got my attention once I was in Romania. Would you like to hear that? Yes, oh, yes please. please. Okay, um, I had heard about the street children in Romania and how hundreds of thousands of kids had been were living on the streets because of the decision-making of Ceausescu under communist times. Mm -hmm. And after Ceausescu and his wife died, many hundreds of thousands of children were trapped out on the streets because the economy fell so drastically, and many poor families had to put their children out on the streets because they couldn't care for them. And, And I heard about that before I went to Romania, and I felt like I needed to see it. So I went out onto the streets in Bucharest with, uh, the group that I was visiting, and we took food and um, candy and other things to street children. Then we came into a um, train station in Bucharest, and I wasn't prepared for what I was about to see. I came in there, and uh, you know we had all this food, and about 200 children mm. rushed our group of 10 people, mm. and they surrounded us, and they just started grabbing the food. They were so hungry. Mm. And these kids were were street kids. They lived in the sewers. They lived on top of the train station, behind the train station, just wherever they could find a place to rest and yeah. sleep. And they smelled terribly, and they were very, they were very dirty, of course. And it was a very intimidating situation for me. But we uh, gave them all of our food, and they they uh, let us. This group I was with took us out to behind the train station and saw children living in a dump, Mm -hmm. Uh, very young children, uh, let's say three years old on up to about 20 years old, living Mm -hmm. in little cardboard huts. And there were a lot of, uh, actually, like, boy 
uh, pimps who would control the younger girls and even the younger boys, and they'd, they, these older boy pimps would throw garbage at us to chase us out of there, and we left there. Well, we made our way back to our van, and the closer we got to our van, there was less children following us. But there was one boy in particular, he followed us all the way to the van, and he kept pleading with us to please help him in mm-hmm. Romanian. Uh, uh, he was saying, Ajutama, uh, Mr. Help, help me. He was desperate, mm-hmm. and he had his hair was filled with lice. Um, he had tried pulling much of his hair out, trying to get the lice out. How heart-wrenching. And his scabs. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. He, he had scabs in his, his scalp. He was he was sick. He had mucus coming down from his nose. He was wearing it. He was about eight years old. He was wearing adult clothes. He had been injured. He had been beat up by some older kids who had heard that he had money, and they beat him up and took the money. He didn't have any shoes. He was just filthy, mm. filthy, dirty. And uh, he was begging for us, pleading with us for to help him, and we couldn't because the group we were with was part of a girl's home in Bucharest, and so we got into the van. The boy tried getting into the van with us, mm. and we had to push him out of the van, and he was he was yelling at us and crying, and he, he made his way around the front of the van, laid down in front of the tires mm. to try to get us to change our mm. minds, and Mercy. our remaining guide walked around to the front and had to pull him away across the blacktop, across the gravel as he was kicking and screaming and just pleading again for help. And as we pulled away from the boy, then our Romanian guide ran after us and jumped in the van. And it was just silent in the mm-hmm. van for about 30 minutes after this, uh, it w- what turned out to be an event, the critical mm. point in my life yes. where the Lord intersected my path, my yeah. life, and it was like the Lord himself just reached out and slapped me across the face, and he said, wake up, Brad. Mm. Wake up to the realities of this world. Wake up to the needs of the children all over the world. And it was like the Lord was saying to me, what are you going to do to help my children yeah. like mm. this? And I didn't know what to do, but over the next coming days um, in Romania, I began to reevaluate my life. And by the time I got on the plane and flew back to the United States, back to Wisconsin, I had made a decision that just a fundamental decision that I would begin to do whatever I could to help children in Romania. And I came back to Wisconsin and we began to do things like that for children in Romania. That was in 1996. You're listening to The Story. Today, Brad Hayes is chatting with Eric Scadabo and his wife, Jean, about how the Lord led him to Romania to work with homeless children. We'll hear more of Brad's story when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. 
We're continuing with Brad Hayes sharing his story with Eric and Jean Scatterbo. Before the break, we heard Brad took a short-term ministry trip to Romania and how God tugged his heart toward helping homeless children. Now we'll find out what happened next in his life. Well, I came back and, of course, shared all these different stories with my wife and with my children, and and, uh, their hearts went out to the children of Romania, and we began to think and pray seriously about what we could do, but we didn't know what to do. Um, My oldest daughter, I have five children, Mm -hmm. like I said, and my oldest at that time in 1996, Emily, Mm. was 11 years old, and Rebecca was nine, Hannah was... uh, six, Bethany was four, and my son John was about one and a half. Okay. Yeah. And their hearts went out to the children, and they wanted to do something, and so we we decided to help to start a, a girl's home in one of the towns that I had visited, and we began to talk about the children of Romania and raise money, and we actually built a home for girls in Kalarash, Romania. Mm. And it was about 7,000 square feet and would hold about 20 to 25 girls. And we developed that ministry. And um, then in the year 2000, and I would travel back and forth from Romania back to Milwaukee, and I would bring people with me to visit that home that we had built. And um, we had raised up some leaders to lead it there in Romania. But in the year 2000... My wife and I began to be more serious about possibly moving to Romania ourselves, and then we we realized that the Lord was kind of allowing us to make the decision. It was like He was saying that He was behind us wherever we went, mm-hmm. and He was going to support us, and so we felt liberty to make that decision. But it came down to this question. I asked myself, Brad, if you can only do one thing in your life right now, what would it be? Would it be to stay in Milwaukee and pastor this church, or would it be to move to Romania with your family and begin more seriously, more effectively to reach out to more children? And I realized that my true passion, the the, the thing that gave me the greatest joy and excitement was the children in Romania. Mm-hmm. So we made that decision in May of 2000 to move to Romania as soon as we could, and then we merged our church here in Milwaukee in with another church in Milwaukee. And we prepared ourselves. It took about a year and a half or so, but we prepared ourselves as a family. And then in September of 2001, we moved as a family to Kalaras, Romania. Mm-hmm. And we worked in that girl's home. It was a, like a small orphanage. We worked in that house for about a year and lived in there. And then began at that point in 2002, began to branch out into a lot of uh, larger outreaches and evangelism toward children in a larger way. Um, To go back to the the scene that you were talking about at the beginning for the Lord, did you uh, eventually go back to that dump out of curiosity to just kind of find find that boy? Well, the, the boy that I told you about, was a boy, a street boy, a street child from Bucharest. Okay. But the the girls' home that we started was actually in Kalarash, Romania, which was about a two-hour drive. Okay. And that's where that's actually where I live now in Kalarash, Romania. It's about two hours from Bucharest. 
I never saw that boy again. Mm. No, but we felt the Lord leading us to this other city. Mm-hmm. And the reason it was the girls that we focused on was, um, first of all, because I have four girls, and it was easier to, as a family, to minister to girls. Yes. And then also many of the girls who were in the orphanages would leave the orphanages and, and become prostitutes. Okay. Prostitution is a big problem there. So we mm-hmm. we just focused more on the girls. But yeah. now our, our ministry is to all children. It's not just limited to girls. Okay. So you were living, as you mentioned, a relatively comfortable lifestyle in a first world country in my hometown, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and you gave up all that to go to a country that's struggling, Romania, that after communism was in pretty bad shape. Yeah. And why did you do that, and how was your adjustment? Well, the the um, the comforts of this life and my possessions and my home and my cars here in the United States uh, were good, and I was thankful for all those things. But when I compared them to... The, the deep love in my heart for these children and the joy that they brought me to serve them, you know, when I would visit there, um, there was no comparison between those two things. And so it was easy for us as a family to sell our home, to give away a lot of our things, and then to move as a family to Romania. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't regret it. Yeah. None of my children regret it. Uh, and the adjustment was difficult uh, because we underestimated what it would be like to leave friends and family. Mm-hmm. And once we got to Romania, it was hard for my children to make new friends. But so it took about six months for us to adjust very well, but mm-hmm. we did. And what helped was we began to learn the language and then through being able to communicate with people, especially with my, my children, being able to communicate with other kids. Uh, they began to form friendships, uh, deep and lasting friendships, and now that's their home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's wow. our home. <laughs> so what type of impact have you had? Well, we have had a big impact. Uh, it's taken time. We went from just serving in the girls' home with about 20 girls all the way to the point where we are now, where we actually, uh, we have a lot of different events in that area, and we work with about seven different churches, and through those seven churches, we do a lot of outreaches, a lot of evangelism. Um, We had about 4,000 children, for example, that we had attend our children's camps alone. That's just one thing that we do. Hmm. And just to give you an example, you know, there's a lot of kids who came to the kids' camps, and then through our ability to develop a relationship with those children, now we're beginning to have an impact in the families that they come from, Mm -hmm. and even with the adults, and uh, a number of the churches that we work with are growing. Um, We've been able to, because we're Western missionaries who focus on gypsies, We've been able to also be used by the Lord to mend relationships between gypsies and Romanians, mm. which historically they have not been real close. Yes. But because we've focused on the gypsies, that's gotten the attention of the Romanian church, and consequently they are now, the Romanian churches in that area are beginning to work closer with the gypsies. So. We've been a unifying agent hmm. to, you know, to bridge 
the gap between those groups of people. Yeah. Also, just being an American and leaving what's considered to be heaven on earth mm -hmm. for some countries, like in Romania, mm -hmm. you know, it gets people's attention that an American would leave America and sell everything and move to Romania. And that's helped me to be able to talk with lots of different business people and especially government officials in our area. We have a good relationship with customs officials, mm -hmm. which is uh, helpful for bringing in humanitarian aid. Um, I have a good relationship with numerous mayors in our area. So we've not just invested our lives, but we've moved toward having an impact in the lives of a lot of different types of groups of people. Mm -hmm. And really, the way it appears to me is there's an actual movement that started by the Lord in that area to where we have so many open doors and, and people are very open to listening to God's Word, people turning to the Lord. I won't call it revival, mm. but it's, I, I believe it's leading towards that. Yeah. And I would call that impact. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, is there a story about uh, a certain individual, an impact on their lives that you can share with our listeners? Sure. There was a, a young lady, her name is Nicoletta, and we had met her through that girl's home, and um, she had grown up in one of those orphanages. She was a very smart girl, but her heart was hard toward God because her mother had died when she was very young, and because her father was an alcoholic and the rest of her extended family was very poor, she had to be put into an orphanage. She grew up in the orphanage. And then uh, after she left the orphanage, she came into our, our girls' home. And when we would talk to her about the Lord, um, she would listen, but she she just didn't want to have any part of God. But because we built a relationship with her and because we became as parents for her, my, my wife and I, she began to see that the Lord had brought us into her life in a way to replace her parents that mm. she never had. Mm. And so she began to call me. I'm her father now. This is five years later. Yes. She she calls me her father. She calls my wife her mother. Uh, her Now she's married, and she has children, too. Mm. She has three yeah, very little boys, and we're kind of like grandparents for her. <laughs> uh, we've helped her to... Uh, she turned to the Lord and got saved. Mm. She's become part of our ministry. She's very helpful. She's very good with English, and she translates many documents for me. Um, she translates for teams who come and, 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 and help work with us. She's very much not just part of our life, but she's become part of our family. And so mm. she's gone from, you know, worst-case scenario to... Um, her relationship with the Lord is restored. And I, I believe that her, her heart is healed, too, yes. from her mm. past. So and that's just one of many stories that we have. Oh, oh, that's fantastic. Yes. Uh, finally, just to kind of wrap up our conversation here, when you made that first trip to Romania, could you ever have imagined that your life would take this twist? No, never. You know, it's interesting. I, I just went to see. I just went to see, yes. and I was curious. But before I left the States to go to Romania on that first trip, I was very afraid, mm. and I realized I was afraid to die. 
because I didn't know what would happen to me in another country, and I love my family, I love my life here. But I made a decision before I left Romania, and I said, Lord, okay, I'm afraid to die, but I'll tell you what, I give you permission. <laughs> you, you, you know, <laughs> if you want to take my life or allow me to die in Romania, then so be it. Mm. I sensed your leading here, and I, I'm willing to go. And I went, you know, but I never could have imagined moving there, for sure. Yes. But once I got there... I just realized that people were so wonderful. I was willing to move there if the Lord wanted me to, and He allowed me to, and so I'm glad that we did. Mm. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Yeah. Thanks, Brad. My pleasure. It was great. Thank you. It was an honor to talk with you, and um, I look forward to meeting you (laughs) when you come back to Milwaukee if we're here in Milwaukee at the same time. That was Brad Hayes sharing his story with Eric and Jean Scatterbo. And it was great to hear how God tugged his heart and led him to help the suffering homeless children in Romania. That interview was recorded over 10 years ago, and the ministry that Brad and his family started has grown considerably over the years and is still going strong. And all of this because he decided to obey the prompting that God put on his heart. First, to go to Romania and secondly, to help the children he encountered there, who were in such a desperate situation. If you'd like to learn more about Brad Hayes' ministry, it's called Outstretched Hands of Romania, and their website is handsofromania.org. That's handsofromania.org. Well, thanks for joining us for Brad's story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. 30 years ago, we participated in that student's moment in the Tiananmen Square when millions of uh, citizens came to the street telling the Chinese Communist Party, enough is enough. Uh, We were really just trying to call for a, a more democratic, freer country with less corruption. And little did we know we would be met with bullets, with uh, real uh, tanks and uh, machine guns. Bob Fu was born and raised in mainland China and was a student leader during the 1989 Tiananmen Square demonstrations. He and his wife eventually fled to the United States, where he's written about his experiences in his book, God's Double Agent. We'll find out his story next time. The The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life.